4-H office at 318-251-5134. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. It's time for the First National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside tech football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Building. Text us on the Fairway Carts text line at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Let's go! BC, by week, Beck Haynes, John Tabor's running the board. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. We're your home for all things Louisiana Tech Athletics for the next 90 minutes. Certainly appreciate you joining us tonight. As always, you can call us, you can text us on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. We'd love to hear from you. I want to thank our sponsors, First National Bank, Fairway Carts, Walpole Tire, Dairy Queen, Ideal Portable Buildings, Acme Glass, Brister Smokehouse, and O'Neill Gas. Beck, we only got five shows remaining in Season 12 of Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Certainly appreciate you joining us, especially now that football season's over. Nice to have you in. Yeah, no one's more surprised than I am, Ben, to be here right now. But at least you're honest. Here. Yeah, at least you're. It's gonna be an interesting show. Me and Ben are actually real life uh, beefing right now. We are beefing. Been a hot day in the Bleed Tag Blue group message. Ah, uh, absolutely. It's been a hot day. I guess let's touch on national championship last night. Obviously, I'll tell you what it boils down to. 2019 collegiate football season comes to an end. Boys in Baton Rouge, 42. Clemson Tigers, 25. Game could have been a little bit more spread out than maybe the score may indicate. Certainly have to give the Tigers some credit. But, uh, you know, uh, another exciting college football season. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, we also learned that Ben really doesn't like it when I'm right. So, it's been an interesting, uh, no, interesting I, I don't. 24 hours. No, I'm not going to lie. Ben I, I and the boys picked Clemson and were pretty, uh, pretty decisive on that. I about nailed the perfect score. Ben doesn't like it. So, I've been accused of being a homer. For uh, the old Tigers all day long. Well, that, that's fine. I think Beck. my loyal fans know different. But if if you want to bask in the glory of being, being right, right, yes, absolutely. In absolutely. W- in one game after you've let our listeners down on betting lines all year, like have at it. Hey, you got to end, hey, end the year on a hot streak. One one and twelve ain't bad. Not bad. You know, would probably get you fired. But hey, we'll have you back. We'll we'll take you back. Of course, if you'd like to watch us tonight on Facebook Live, you're more than welcome to. You might see a fist fight, so tune in. Yeah, Sports Talk 977 on Facebook. You can chime in with your thoughts. Like I said, we'd love to hear from you on the Fairway Carts hotline or text line. Beck, there's certainly, you know, here comes the word certainly. Certainly, yeah. yeah, Certainly certainly. coming out a lot early in the show. (laughs) Plenty to talk about tonight. Uh, I guess we'll start. Uh, on the football field, you know, kind of follow up on the national championship, looking uh, at some of the Louisiana Tech news and notes. Rick Petrie, Louisiana Tech defensive line coach, announced his retirement yesterday after 43 years in the business. That's a long time. Decided to hang it up. and I'll, I'll, for him. I'll be honest. You, you want to talk about Rick Petrie, some of the players that he's coached. You know, you can talk 
at Louisiana Tech, obviously, Jalen Ferguson. Uh, we know what he did during his tenure at Louisiana Tech, uh, NCAA all-time leader in sacks. Uh, of course, Vernon Butler, a first-round pick back in 2015, also coached uh, NFL Hall of Famer Warren Sapp. You might remember the name. Uh, you know, numerous players that Petrie uh, coached throughout his 43 years uh, at Pittsburgh State, Arkansas State, Ole Miss, uh, spent some time at Louisiana Tech in 1992, Miami, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Kentucky, the U, Duke, and then wrapped up his career back in Ruston from 2015 to 2019 at Louisiana Tech. So certainly want to send our best wishes out to Rick Petrie and his family uh, as he enters into the retirement world. Beck, I'll be honest with you, I'm not wanting to grow old by any means, but looking forward to retirement. You think about it every now and then, do you? Oh, I'll tell you. Ben's going to put up four podcasts a day in retirement. Oh, without a doubt. Some other coaching news for the Bulldogs. Joe Sloan, assistant head coach. Your boy. Officially promoted to the offensive coordinator role. And, you know, Beck, listen, I, I want to talk about this for a second. You know, a lot of times if you if you scur- scurry the Internet, you, whether you're at BleedTechBlue.com or other various websites that uh, seem to follow the Bulldogs, you, you get – you get some opinions, and when Todd Fitz left the program, you know, two or three weeks ago, immediately following the bowl game for Vanderbilt, it's like, yeah, Todd Fitz, he's leaving. You know, who really cares? He was just <laughs> a, wow. some eyes in the press box. You know, Coach Holtz calls the plays. It, it doesn't really mean a whole. Let, let me tell you something. If you think college football is so simple as the dude calling the plays is the only one that has any sort of input, I. I I'm sorry, but you're badly mistaken. Yeah. Like, like, listen, like, it, it's not that simple. Like, you, you don't hire an offensive line coach, a running backs coach, two receivers coaches to just, you know, sit there, sit in their office and eat pistachios. I, I mean, they're there for a reason. They're there to coach, and they all have input on a daily basis. Yeah, when, putting when, together the game plan. Exactly. I mean, they all got different jobs across the, the film room and, and putting together strategies and talking about – you know, implementing plays for the week. I mean, these guys are behind the scenes doing more than we could probably ever imagine, well, which is which is honestly, like, amazing that week to week they just break down and dissect teams well, and, extensively. Well, let's say this. Like, you are an offensive line coach. You think he's not going to be able to give you enough input to let you know what his offensive linemen do best or what receivers run which routes the best or which running backs do you know certain things extremely well all of that goes into a game plan on a weekly basis and, and you can say that your offensive coordinator is your eyes in the booth but what are you going to say about your defensive coordinator because bob diaco sat in the booth all year so that's like a, that's a like, is he not identifying anything right. that's a preference not every defensive coordinator did that we saw that with blake baker was on the sideline is that right yeah yeah, yeah. so well, and everybody has different roles as well. Right. Like within a coaching, it's just like with the players. I mean, you got certain running backs that he's your goal linebacker, he's your receiver out of the backfield. I mean, there's a number of different things. So when you talk about Sloan being promoted into the offensive coordinator role, in which you know a lot of people don't know, but Holtz gave up some of that play calling power, if you want to put it that way. He gave up some of that this year to where he didn't necessarily call the plays on a 100% basis. There there were, you know, I think Fitch called more of the offense this year 
than Tech fans sometimes want to realize or want to admit. But at the same time, if you want to say that Holtz only calls the plays 100% of the time, well, where were you back from 2014 to 2016? There wasn't a whole lot of complaining going as well. So you talk about Joe Sloan being promoted into the offensive coordinator role. He's young. I'm sure he's got some new ideas. He spent, you know, the entirety of his coaching career with Holtz. And who knows? We might see even more wrinkles in 2020 that perhaps we didn't see, you know, in previous years when Todd Fitch was the offensive coordinator. So break down what you would expect Joe Sloan's role to to look like. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Holtz is going to turn over the play call. Yeah, because coming from, I mean, he's, he's being promoted. He hadn't been an offensive coordinator before. Probably shared some similar responsibilities, but what do you expect? But his I think role you're going to, to see like? new ideas. And now, is that play? A bigger voice. Yeah, yeah. He has a bigger voice. He's trusted. Is it, is it from a play calling standpoint? Is it from a scheme standpoint? Is it from, you know, what you ask your quarterback to do on a down by down basis? All those things go into different things and can provide valuable input. And I think that, you know, each coach on tech staff, uh, has that sort of input, and sometimes uh, from a fan perspective, we don't necessarily realize what goes into the full complexity of being, whether it's a coordinator or a position coach. Now, granted, some guys are better recruiters than others. Now, if you want to talk recruiting, that's a different story. But as far as on-field coaching, I, I think that uh, a number of different coaches certainly have plenty of input when it goes into that. So looking at the coaching staff as it stands now, there's one opening on the offensive side of the ball, and then on the defensive side, you have the obviously the vacated position from Bob Diaco moving on to Purdue, and then of course with Rick Peachy retiring, you also have the defensive line coach position as well. You can join us at BleedTechBlue.com. It's really heating up as far as some of the targets that Tech will be zeroing in uh, here in the next couple of weeks uh, as recruiting really tends to take off. Uh, now that the coaching convention wrapped up today and now that all the coaches will be getting back into town. So that's kind of a little bit of where things stand uh, on the football front. Now, Beck, I don't know if you saw it, but the final AP poll comes out today. The Bulldogs earned two votes, which I'm not going to say I'm satisfied with not being in the top 25 uh, when you certainly look at how the season ended. I'm a little surprised we got two votes. I agree. You know, 37th best in the country. Um you know, we like, oh, what like could we, have been BC. What could have been? Yeah, no, no kidding. But like, like we were saying, when's the last time Tech had a team that finished the season getting top twenty-five votes? Been a while. <laughs> I don't think I was been around. A minute, BC. If it wasn't nineteen ninety-nine when Tech went nine and two uh, in a team led by Tim Rattay. Speaking of Tim Rattay, named the new quarterbacks coach at Oklahoma State. But it's been a while, so you certainly got to give. For all the frustrations that came with this season, you also have to give them a lot of credit with how things turned out. Uh, obviously, like I said, finishing 37th in the country. Was it 2012 Tech was ranked in the middle of the season? Yes. It was, that got was, to 19, is that right? Did I make that up? Yeah, it's 17, 19, somewhere in that range before Didn't they lost. Didn't last long, but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, lost the final two games of the year, but that, that was probably, or that was the last time that Tech's been ranked. Uh, but they obviously, like I said, didn't finish the season right. So, shifting over to the hardwood back, Dunkin' Dogs, Lady Texers. Things are heating up on the hardwood. Got a couple games coming up this week. You going to come to the tag? Well, home game. It's about time I show up for a home game, BC. Looking for you. We'll be looking for you in the nosebleeds. You know, got You got to chase the kids up 
to the top of the tech. It, it was pretty interesting. This is totally off off the mark. <laughs> it's your right show. Here. You do what you want. <laughs> totally off the mark. But you know, kids these days yeah. lo- love to go through the cell phones and lo- like to look at pictures. Like they they don't see them too often. My daughter, she's three, and she she pulls up a picture and she's like, "Huh, Daddy, we're at the tech game." And I'm like, "Yeah, where were we sitting?" She says, "At the top." Yeah, remember that <laughs> night? Broke a little sweat going up and down the up and down the Thomas Assembly Center for sure. Nothing so like a little child childlike honesty, you know. Hey, put you in your place. Hey, they'll tell you. Yeah. You know, if we're not there for champ, we're there to walk around. That's right. You know, we're certainly not there for the game itself. But uh, you look at the Dunkin' Dogs; they split a two-game road trip at UTSA and UTEP. Uh, they fall in San Antonio Thursday night, eighty-nine seventy-three before they bounce back Saturday evening late. That was an 8 p.m. tip-off in El Paso, pick up a 64-61 win over UTEP. Duncan Dogs are now 12-4 and overall, 3-1 and in conference USA play. Coming up in the next segment, we'll kind of break down those two games, kind of give a brief update on where things stand uh, within the standings of conference USA. I know it's early. There's 10 games remaining uh, before pod play, but Coach Eric Cockle and his team, uh, are certainly sitting in a pretty good position. Looking at the Lady Texters, they split two home games this week, fell to UTSA thir- or Thursday night, 82-73, picked up a big home win against UTEP, 87-80 on Saturday afternoon. Real quick before we get to our first timeout, back NFL action, Jalen Ferguson, Jelly Bean Ellis, their season comes to an end against the Ravens or against the Titans, Titans knock off the Ravens, and then Tremont Williams and the Packers pick up a home win over Seattle, now one game away from a Super Bowl berth. They'll travel to San Francisco to take on Jimmy G and the 49ers. So certainly a lot going on in Louisiana Tech Athletics coming up a little bit later in the show, 7 p.m. Good friend of the program, Boston Scott, going to join us. I, I, what was your question to me? I was we we just ask, had Boston on. Yeah. You see, what we got to talk about? Was uh, Tremont on the team that won the Super Bowl? I believe he was. So he has one ring. Super Bowl dogs. And Ryan Allen's got a couple. Yep, Ryan Allen's does. Hey, hey, you're bringing the heat I tonight. I know. Certainly when bringing the, the stat guy been hanging out. Hey, you are the stat guy, I tell you. So let's go ahead, jump to our first timeout. When we come back from the break, we'll talk a little Dunkin' Dog basketball. You're listening to Bleed Take Blue Radio. Sports Talk 97.7. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics. Plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank, we are the Uncommon Bank. Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. 
a new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirks and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. Sweep the Swamp is back and is better than ever. Only at Johnny's Pizza House. Loaded with Louisiana crawfish, U.S. farm shrimp, and Dewey sausage, Cajun spices, onions, bell peppers, jalapenos, a taste of crab, and mozzarella cheese. Don't let the good times roll on by. Feed the entire crew with a Sweep the Swamp pizza, an 8-inch crustless pizza bowl, or as a Johnny's Flip. Grab a Sweep the Swamp today before the party's over. Savor that Cajun flavor at Johnny's Pizza House. Time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Car Hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Ben Carlo, Beck Haynes, John Tabor's running the board. Basketball season, Beck. <laughs> Basketball season is here. Dunkin' Dogs are 12-4 and four overall. 3-1 and one in Conference USA play. Of course, you know, Beck, it's been a while since the Dunkin' Dogs have made a trip to the NCAA tournament. And I, I was on Sean Fox's show, I believe it was last Thursday, and, you know, at that point in time, Dunkin' Dogs were, I believe it was 11-3, and 2-0, had just come off really just beating the brakes off of Southern Miss, and you really thought that this team had a fantastic chance of, you know, making a run and potentially making it to the NCAA tournament. You know, you obviously had UTSA coming up uh, on Thursday night. You go to San Antonio and Beck, where'd you go to high school? Calvary? No, I don't want to talk about it. Well, let, let's take Bird High School, for example. Heck, Taves is a big Simsboro fan. We can take Simsboro. Let me tell you something. Simsboro, Bird High School, Calvary, nicer gym than UTSA has. Seriously. Oh. Awful. Brutal. And how many students go to UTSA? It's like 40,000. Right? Oh, yeah, it's a ton. But, hey, th- this gym shouldn't be legal in NCAA. Beside the point. I'm going to look it up. So, you get into this game, and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it on, on last week's show. One thing that we knew about UTSA was they had great scoring guards when you talk about Keaton Wallace and Javon Jackson. Uh, it feels like both of those guys have been there forever, but somehow they're only juniors. And Jackson doesn't score in the first 10 minutes of the game, but his teammates decide that they're just going to knock down three after three after three after three, and you look up at halftime. When the big boy banked it in. Oh, you knew it was their night. I knew it was their night. Yeah, hey, the big boy came into the game with eight threes made all year. He knocks down four in this game. Like you said, he banks one in, and it wasn't even like, I don't know how it went in. I'm still wondering. But, you know, you look up at halftime, I mentioned Jackson, the leading scorer, second leading scorer in the country, didn't score in the first 10 minutes. Tech's down 53-26. to 26. UTSA shot 71% from the field, knocked down 11 three-pointers in the first half. Like, like what? Hey, listen, Tech wasn't even playing bad offensively. 
I think for the game, when you look at the final 89-73, Tech shot 48% from the field, which is a better percentage than they shoot on the season. So, like, they didn't play bad offensively. But for the game, you know, Tech made some runs in the second half, obviously got themselves back to, I believe it was within 12 uh, a couple of different times. But, you know, UTSA knocks down 18 threes in the game, which is absurd. I, I don't think I could go to the local YMCA here. In Ru- Do we have a YMCA here in Ruston? Don't think so. Don't think I could knock down 18 threes, regardless of where you set me in 45 minutes. They knock down 18 threes. <laughs> they shoot 49% from the field. They dominate Tech on the glass by seven. But then you look at some of the other things. They turn it over more than Tech. They foul more than Tech. Tech shot 29 free throws in this game. Beck, listen. Take a gander at what Tech shot from the free throw line. They shot 29 free throws. Oh, damn. Oh, 29 free throws. <laughs> You're saying 29%. No, no. What percent do you think they shot? If it's bad, 40-something. 50, 51% at the line. Okay. Dogs didn't cut it. Daquan Bracey, 0 of 4. We need to go have a free throw competition and report to our, our listeners. Listen, I love Daquan Bracey, don't you? Yeah. I mean, good player. A little mad about the, about the conference tourney missing some free throws last year. I, I think that's got a hold of him mentally. You got the yips. Shooting under 40% at the line oh this year. My. Hey, get this. Shooting over 50% from three. You think they'd let him shoot it from the three-point line for a free throw? Just a wide-open three? Gosh. It really struggles. So Tech goes 15 of 29 at the line in this game. And I think, you know, outside of UTSA knocking down 18 threes, and any time a team knocks down 18 threes in a game, like what are the chances you're going to win? Like pretty much slim to none. So first off, let's give credit to UTSA. They outplayed Tech on this night on the floor. Like they played a better game. Their backs were against the wall. They were 6-9 and nine overall. They are 0-2 in conference. They came out. They got it done. 49% from the field. Like I mentioned, they go 75% at the line. Knocked down 18 of 32 threes for 56%. Came into the game only shooting 32% from three. So they played well over their heads. Give it to them. But if Tech's going to shoot 51% at the line for the remainder of the year, we might as well pack it in right now. So, I mean, how do you fix that? Uh, well, it's I mean, easy, you, you, it's like easy say, to say practice. Right. But you, I saw a tweet, uh, tweet the other day. Credible source. La Tech Sports Report. Yeah. Talking about the the past coaches that Tech has had in, the, in their free throw percentage. Conkles at the top. Numero yeah. uno. I know. Which And it's 68%, so it's right. not great. Right. It's not great, but you can't pretend like he's not practicing. But but how do you fix a 30-year problem? Like That's a that's a great You question. know what I'm saying? Like, if it's been going on for 30 years, like, here's a, here's a question I have. You think it's something with the backdrop, you know, in the gym, a little it, depth it, perception? It could be. But here's a question I have. When you're at Tech's level, you're not in the ACC or Big East, Big 12, Big 10, whatever you want to call it, SEC. So you're recruiting, obviously, players that have, you know, one or two flaws in their game that prevents them from playing at that level, correct? Correct. So it is, is Tech always taking the kid that isn't necessarily a great free throw shooter? I don't think you're going to convince me of that. Right. But, like, do you, do you start recruiting a lesser athlete so that you recruit or shoot better at the free throw line, I don't necessarily think that you do, and here's why. Okay, say you're a seventy percent free throw shooting team. 
what's number one in the NCA? Probably seventy five percent. Like, so what's that? Two free throws a game? Like, yeah, you can't recruit like, you're not, for that. Well, yeah, like you're not you're not playing two <laughs> or three point games on a nightly. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not playing that many close games. I'd rather take the upper tier athlete. I, I would rather take the players that can force turnovers, the players that can shoot the ball from the perimeter, especially in today's age of basketball where it's predicated on shooting the three or getting to the bucket and getting layups and free throws so it's an interesting topic to discuss and but here's my deal ben you get you get the best free throw shoot free throw shooting coach in the country and bring him in and you bring him in how much just just for i don't care if it's just a placebo effect on the team you got to try everything possible well i wonder at this point if it's mental like I think to some degree it is. We used to do a free throw thon in my high school in Alaska. And, How many did you make in a row? Uh, fifty six, not in a row, but I made fifty six out of a hundred. It's terrible. I was a freshman in high school. I'd just grown like fifteen inches. I didn't even know how to like touch my nose. Okay, Ben. I easily shoot fifty seven now. Okay. 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 Here's right. the deal. The high school basketball coach, first the first day shot ninety nine. Second day shot a hundred. Really? Yes. Unbelievable. Muscle memory. Yeah. Now he was a basketball player back in the day, but still. But if a high school basketball coach can hit 100 in a row. I'll be honest with you. I don't believe you. No. I'll, 100 in a row. Yes. Find it on the internet. I mean, it was a, it was a Saturday <laughs> in Anchorage or Chugiak, Alaska. Well, I don't kidding. know. I'm kidding. No, but, but I'm with you. Like, you have to figure out a way to hit 70 to 72% as a team. But anyway, anyways, the end of the discussion on free throws because obviously in this game it's UTSA. The Bulldogs struggled mightily. So, shifting to Saturday night, Tech travels to El Paso. We know it's a long road trip. It's not easy to get out there. It's not an easy place to play inside the Don Haskins Center. UTEP was 10-6 and overall. They had just picked up a win Thursday night against a Southern Miss team that had, you know, had their struggles throughout the year. That was a close game late before UTEP eventually prevailed for the 12-point win. But... You know, Tech was twelve or eleven and four at this point, two and one in the league. And if you want to compete for a conference championship in the regular season, if you want to battle for seeding in the conference tournament, you can't afford to go zero and two on the road. You know, on any of these two game road trips that you're taking every other week. And Tech came out early and they played well. You know, I thought a number of different players. Isaiah Crawford scored the first eight points of the game. Uh, the young freshman continued to impress. We'll talk about him here in a second, but. You know, Tech takes a six-point lead into the half, and then coming out of the half, Tech stretches its lead to nine before Crawford goes down with a non-contact knee injury on a drive to the bucket. If you want the latest on him, join us at BleedTechBlue.com. It's only a dollar. Promo code BTB6 gets you six months of premium access. But following the Crawford injury, UTEP makes a run. And when I say they make a run, 17-1 to run. Oh. To take a seven-point lead. But here's this. Beck, what, what what do people say about Coach Conkle a lot? He, he doesn't coach with enough emotion. Yes. He right. doesn't coach for emotion. Well, UTEP coach Rodney Terry, leading by seven, decides, you know what, I'm going to get a technical foul in the middle of this 17-to-1 run. Well, he took the momentum from his team. And Tech used this. They obviously closed the gap to 48-43 with two free throws following the technical and then Tech just battled. Coach Conkle went to a four-guard lineup with Bracey, Kobe Williams, Amari Archibald, Derek Jean, surrounded them with Andrew Gordon and Mo Muhammad inside. They rotated uh, the final 10 minutes of the game. And basically, Tech was 
just put UTEP into a mode to speed them up offensively and really, you know, took away, like I said, a lot of their momentum and allowed Tech to get back in the game. It was a 61-54 UTEP lead with 319 remaining. Tech finishes the game on a 10-0 run to prevail 64-61. The defense late in that game, especially by the freshman Kobe Williams, was just exceptional. He's a phenomenal on-ball defender. Uh, a lot in the mold of Derek Jean. He's not, you know, quite as strong as Derek Jean. Obviously, Jean's a fifth-year senior, but Kobe Williams is certainly earning himself uh, more minutes in the Bulldog rotation. And, you know, like I said, Tech was able to prevail, pick up the 64-61 road win, which was just huge in this game, especially when you consider Tech was, you know, really staring an 0-2 road trip in the face, down seven with 319 remaining in the game. So you look ahead, or you look at the conference standings right now. Tech's three and one. They have ten games remaining in conference play. Four of those will be on the road. Six of those will be at home. So you have to obviously expect that the Bulldogs will win all six home games, uh, especially considering how well they play at home. Charlotte's the only team that's still undefeated. They're three and zero at three and zero in conference. All three of their conference games have been at home. Florida Atlantic's three and one. Western Kentucky's three and one. North Texas comes to the Thomas Assembly Center Saturday afternoon. Uh, they're three and one. ODU's two and one. FIU two and two. UAB, Marshall, UTSA all two and two as well. Then UTEP one and three. Rice comes to the Thomas Assembly Center Thursday night. They are one and three, and then Middle Tennessee and Southern Miss, both 0-4. That's a Middle Tennessee team that Tech will get a shot at next Thursday night in Murfreesboro. So looking at this team, obviously I mentioned the Isaiah Crawford injury. How does that affect Tech going forward if he does miss a substantial amount of playing time? It's going to hurt the Bulldogs. I think it's going to force Jacoby Pemberton back into the starting lineup. Uh, We know what he brings to the table, kind of that junkyard dog. Uh, Doesn't necessarily have to have the offense flow through him. But he's going to have to be exceptional on the defensive end of the floor uh, where I really thought Isaiah Crawford brought just a tremendous amount, you know, just brought a tremendous amount on the defensive end of the floor uh, with the deflections and steals that he was able to force. So uh, Coach Conkle, his team, 12-4 and overall, 3-1 and in Conference USA play. Two big home games coming up this weekend uh, with Rice and North Texas coming to town. If you get a chance, make your way out to the Thomas Assembly Center. This is certainly a team uh, that has a chance to do some pretty special things. I think I saw today uh, that Tech has some pretty nice ticket packs available as well. They can get tw- four tickets and four hot dogs for 25 bucks. Hey. Pretty good. Like four hot dogs, four tickets, 25 bucks. Sign me up. So let's go ahead. Take our next time out. We come back from the break. Have a little rapid fire. We'll shoot some questions off at back. You listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. For more information, 
Go to O'NeillGas.com. Hey, DQ fans, are you craving more happy for less money? Because the Six Meal Deal is ready to be your next flavor time fill-up. It's your choice of a full-size entree, either a double with cheese or chicken strips, plus a refreshing Coke, fries, and sundae, all for just six bucks. And it's available all day long. So whenever the hunger hits, you can start mealing and dealing. Only at your DQ. Happy tastes good. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe, and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. If you've been waiting for just one more good reason to buy a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden, here it is. New EasyGo Carts from Fairway Carts are available with lithium batteries. That means a much longer battery life, which means more time for you to be out having fun on your EasyGo. From a standard golf cart to the big four and six passenger carts for the whole family. EasyGo is the industry leader in lithium battery technology. Their batteries are 100% maintenance-free, deliver consistent performance with a longer life and much quicker charging time than conventional batteries. And best of all, they come with an unprecedented eight-year battery warranty. Don't wait any longer. You've got all the reasons you need to buy a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden. Come see the big selection in the showroom on Highway 531 just north of I-20 or call 318-371-CART. Get ready for a healthy dose of Louisiana Tech sports. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank, is back on the radio. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Ben Carlisle, back hands, John Taylor's running the board. You can call us, you can text us on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Certainly love to hear from you. Beck, you know... Rapid fire, and listen, I, I'm not naive enough to think that you reviewed the script, because nope. why would you? Not today, BC, not today. Been busy, huh? Been a busy day. That rainy day at the office. That'll really grind it out, make a couple PowerPoints, put together a couple <laughs> of Excels with some pivot tables, and you're ready to roll. Here hit, we go. Hit me. Rapid fire. Well, let's, you know, some of these are general college football questions. Some of them are right up your alley. We got one question pertaining to the Bulldogs. What do you, what do you want to go with first? You want to hit the Bulldogs first? Surprise me, yeah. Let, let's hit the Bulldogs okay. first. Right. In your opinion, why is Louisiana Tech so successful when it comes to putting players into the NFL? Like Ooh, I got coaching, development, uh, there's just so much talent in this area. Is it kind of luck? Like, I mean, what, what, you, what you think? I firmly believe that Tech is in a, in a, in a sweet spot of not a, a top-tier team where you're surrounded by other four- and five-star athletes, but not a team where it's not good quality football. So Tech's in a spot where uh, it, it's good quality football, but a three-star athlete can play as a freshman like we saw with Amik, 
and can stand out. So players are, are that may sit the first two years at a university like LSU or, or you know. Another. Who would mention them first? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just thinking <laughs> in-state. <bitch>. I'm kidding. <laughs> Keep going. You know, like or Mississippi State, someone like another SEC school that they may sit the first two or three years, maybe get to play their senior year. They can come to Tech and, and make an impact right away. And like I said, it's good competition. Tech – I know you like. I know you hate Conference USA. Oh, but speaking of Conference USA, we're going to talk about it on the next segment. Okay, good, good. Well, I know you hate them, but um, there's still some good football, and, and Tech has a has a, um, a reputation of, um, I think that's coaching too, and having good coaches and and the players being prepared. And um, Ben, I think that goes a long way with uh, with NFL guys. I mean, you know, they're talking to college coaches. You have a few guys that pan out, and then all of a sudden, the coach's weight has or words have a little more weight to them when they're yeah. evaluating players. And, and I think too, you know, you talk about the coaching aspect, and that's so interesting to me because when you look at it from a Louisiana Tech's perspective, like I mean, look at it right now. There's currently three assistant coaches positions that are open right now. You just replaced four last off season. So, like, how do you continue if you're Skip Holton? Like I'm not going to sit here and bask in the glory of how good of a coach Skip Holtz is, but how, how do you continue to bring in quality coaches that can continue to develop players while also continue to recruit at a pretty high level? And you mentioned Amik Robertson. Okay, let, let's be honest about Amik. Immensely talented. You know, probably a top 150 recruit from a pure talent perspective, but undersized. Right. Boston Scott talented undersized now did did any of us expect that Trent Taylor would catch 327 passes and go to the NFL no no but when you look at a guy like Carlos Henderson coming out of high school you see all the athletic traits that he had but you don't necessarily see the maturity or from a physical standpoint how long was it going to take him for his body to develop or like a Jalen Ferguson a guy that came in at 6'6 225 pounds it's just I think it's a number of different things, but like you said, it's certainly a recruiting hotbed to where, and listen, recruiting services aren't going to get it right all the time. Right. And in all honesty, they're going to miss yeah, and some more of these guys. Their, some of these guys, like you know, even Jalen, who that may not have been our text top recruit. Yes, and and he came here because of his brother, or his friend, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and and you bet on the athleticism. Right, yeah. it's great. Also, like I don't. Having a bunch of winning seasons in a row helps. Oh, I agree. That I agree. helps a lot. Well, and I, know, I think it helps with the NFL right. evaluators as well right, because absolutely. they see that. Yeah. And, and they want winning program players to come into their organization. Right. And let's be real. Louisiana, Texas, like that's that's prime spot in the country for high oh, school yeah. football talent. So that helps too. I think, honestly, Tech's distance from South Louisiana helps. I mean, there's a lot of guys that may be coming from up north a little bit that are like, you know, these guys, they're not used to being away from home. And no, that I agree. does that does play a role into it. Um, maybe you think about Texas, who has five, six, seven, eight big schools in the state. Louisiana has two. Yeah, you no, know? I agree. And and one of them is you know you're either top recruit or you're a mid tier a mid tier recruit. And Tech fits perfectly for that mid tier recruit. And, and that guy that wants to get on the field, right? Yeah, and like that's a. Gr- I mean, Joe Sloan. It's a good selling point. Sits in your living room and says, "I can point to numerous freshmen no, that played their first year and now are in the NFL." Like. It can happen here. No, I, I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, regardless, like, you, if you're a La Tech alum or just a fan, whatever you might be, like, you have to be proud at the number of players that Tech has put into the NFL. What's it been, six straight NFL drafts that Tech's had a player draft as well, about to make it seven with a meek. And, 
you know, I think we certainly expect Legereus Sneed to get a shot as well. And, you know, Malik Stanley, I saw he signed with an agent this week. So there could be a number of different things. And I also wonder this, back to the, and I didn't plan on going down this rabbit hole, but back to the play calling standpoint. If Skip Holtz did not call plays, and I know Fitch was here for a few years, but let's take Aaron Allen, for example, okay? Say he came here and he spent 2018 and 2019 under Todd Fitch. 2020 under uh, Skip or Joe Sloan, excuse right, me. Right, right. 2021 under a new offensive coordinator, and they could very well spend his senior season under an, a different offensive coordinator. So, like, if Skip did not take on the play calling roles to keep the offense oh, with the same yeah. sort of continuity, like that's not the best when you talk about growing quarterbacks. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that Jamar Smith had a great five year career, but at the same time, he was in the same offense for five years. Right. You know that what I'm saying? So Absolutely. I think that does play a role as well. And that's something that who who knows? I haven't ever talked to Skip about it, but that could be a big reason why he likes to call plays as well to keep the same style of offense while making little changes throughout the years to potentially, you know, keep the offense rolling down the hill. And that's just another interesting thing that I thought about today. So let's shift gears. Best college football program program at the moment. I'm not talking about one year. I'm talking about every year you know they'll be there. I mean, it's Clemson. You th- I, yeah. I think so, too. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, with, with Dabo. I mean, some people, Dabo's not their cup of tea. Uh, when I, for me, personally. I think he's a magnet. Yeah, I a think recruit he is. Magnet. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and, you know, I see and appreciate a style like Saban where more of a dictatorship of, you know, probably not buddy-buddy with the players. But, I mean, you know what he expects, and he gets the best out of players. And then you got the other side of that spectrum, which is Dabo, who. Happy-go-lucky. Happy-go-lucky. Kind of a player's coach. You know he's got your back. The mentor <laughs> mentality, like. I'll be your dad while you're here. I'll look after you. Like that resonates with a ton of players too. And honestly, that's what resonates with me more. And you know this, like I'm I'm a feeler. So feeling going someplace where I feel like I'm cared for, that's that's important to me. So that's my personal well, opinion. Look, I think that's a culture. It, it's just good to see a guy lead a team like that and win. You know? Well, take for example the linebacker that gets ejected for spearing the guy last night. We saw him like what he throw his helmet like yelling. Just I re- and you saw Dabo coming to the screen like, hey, yeah, it's football. Yeah, like, I got you. We, yeah, exactly. And like things like that. Like, listen, that's a little thing, but like at the same point, like that means something. Now, Saban, he could probably do the same thing, but he won't. I mean, he's he's up, five, he's up forty-five to three and just yelling like you about to get cut. True. Which that's an effective. I'm not saying it's not an effective way to coach. It's just different style. And we've yeah. no, yeah. There's plenty of great. You look ways over to 20 coach. years. You got every style of coach has won well, the it, national championship. But it's just good to see. I think Clemson's hot right now. That's a well, they're probably going to win the national. Well, championship Well, talk next about year. Ed Orgeron real quick. So he's Ed Orgeron is like made in the South. Like he is a South Louisiana. He's got a bunch got of history behind his. Yeah. But and we talked about like LSU recruiting on a national scale, and we saw them lose some of those kids in the early signing period due to, you know, I'm talking about the kids far off from Maryland, Florida. They might not necessarily fit with that. Because let's be honest, the northern part of Louisiana is far different than the southern part. So, like, that goes back to your style as a a coach. Now, I'm not saying Edward Orgeron is not a great dude. I have no doubt that he is. But, you know, it's just one of those intricacies that you never know what a recruit's truly going to value. Yeah, what do they care about? When it comes to that recruiting aspect. So, Touching on the Clemson linebacker getting ejected, if there was one rule that I could change in college football, the targeting. Yeah, rule. there's a. I know. Like, I, that's a. I know you're inviting all kind of 
chaos into this, but if you and could sub- somehow you, like sub- try to subjectively find out if like that was like I don't like it when they're I want tackling and they're both falling and it oh, happens. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, because that's the game is so fast now. If a receiver is jumping up to catch a ball and you get smacked in the head, throw that's him out. different. No, yeah, there needs to be out. like a flagrant one, flagrant two. Yeah, type like of and not to say like he did it on purpose. That's what it's going to turn into. He did it on purpose or he didn't, but. I'm telling you, when a, when a guy's diving to the ground and another and the linebacker's diving to the ground, that's just a toss-up. Like, Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. And like, Take, for instance, the Clemson player running down the middle of the field last night. Ball's eight feet over his head, and he gets crushed in the back. Yeah. Like, to me, now, do you eject a kid for that? Like, no, that's where the No, that's where the rule would enter that gray area of yeah. you know he wanted to light that dude up so that he didn't come down the middle of the field. Right. But should he have hit the dude? You know what I'm saying? Like that's where you run into that gray and then area. The other targeting. thing is I mean you can't I mean you can't make these calls on slow motion. They do. Oh it's no I, I think they're like he he the ball was gone for four seconds. Yeah in slow motion. All right. Yeah, Speed that no, thing up and you're not making that decision that I quick. Agree. Like I agree. it's just not happening. All right. Two more questions. Does sports gambling it's a hot topic. Make collegiate football more interesting. Yeah, gambling makes everything more interesting. You think? Yes. I mean, what's your? What are you saying? People are bored, but now they're not because they're gambling. So you, so you think? Or that, do you think there's corruption? Nah, surely not. But I, I don't think it would be very hard to be corrupt if you were a ref. I mean, yeah. say I'm a ref, a head referee at the national championship last night. Hey, Beck, I'm gonna drop a grand on LSU tonight or Clemson tonight. And you and you're the only one that knows, and you you see some of these calls I'm making. It's like, but listen, not saying it happens, but wouldn't put it past them. But at the same time, like, are all these people that are say say you're betting Maryland and Michigan State second week two of the season, right? Are you necessarily tuning in to watch Michigan State and Maryland, no. or no, I mean, do you just ben, want the I satisfaction of winning thirty bucks Tuesday night action, bro? It's I mean, like, you're, you're just sitting on the couch, you know, kids are asleep, and you're like, man, I'm kind of bored. Okay, so what makes NFL more interesting to you, betting on it or fantasy? Uh, I mean, I would argue that fantasy is kind of a bet, but... In a way. In a way. Um, so, I... To I, me, to me, NFL football, I'm not going to say it's only interesting because of fantasy, but it's like... Eighty-five oh, yeah. percent of the yeah. reason I watch as much as I do. Oh yeah, absolutely. But bet, I mean, some people don't like to lose money. So, do you think college fantasy will ever be popular? No, there's just too much, too many teams. Yeah, there's too much. Yeah, too many teams and too many guys. Can you imagine being the guy trying to update everything? I mean, they have college fantasy and it's brutal. Yeah, that's it's never going to catch on like the NFL. The NFL is controlled and you know thirty-two teams. But I think I think it appeals to two different groups. And obviously, there's there's plenty of people that play fantasy football and also gamble. But Tons of people are not willing to ever gamble or can't, don't have the means to gamble as far as, like, illegal in the state or whatever. And then fantasy is pulling it. I mean, if you don't know anything about football, like, you can still play fantasy and enjoy it. If you don't know anything about football, I don't suggest that you gamble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Does gambling – this is my opinion. I think the, the sports betting aspect of football is more appealing to the 20-year-old to – 35 or 40 year old versus the older folks that have been without it for i would disagree i would really? say fantasy is more for the younger and betting is more for the older dude betting's been around for forever maybe i'm an idiot and you got more money maybe i'm an idiot maybe i'm an idiot just a little bit all right all right last question nfl playoffs hitting their 
AFC NFC championships this week. College football has come to an end. Mm. I'm sad. I'm I'm legitimately now. This question is going to blow you up. Okay, hit me. Would you like the idea <laughs> of NFL football in the fall, college football in the spring? So you have would that make the world a better place? No. You want it to get yeah. Saturday and yeah. Sundays oh, in the yeah. fall. Absolutely. You'd rather watch. Yeah, it, you'd rather watch the Reds. There's something enticing about it only being here for a little bit. You got to like create a demand. If it's on That's all true. the time, you're like, nah, football. It's always on. so. My, you ain't not, my wife would kill me. She would kill me if you watch football. Oh. You got the XFL coming. Bro. I was about to say. Now that are you not pumped for the that, XFL? I'm here for that. Wait, did y'all see who's trying out in the yes. XFL? Ocho Cinco is gonna be a kicker. <laughs> I don't care if he goes 0 for 42 in tryouts. They're signing him. <laughs> hey, he, hey, he hit a 60-yarder in the video I saw. Dude, I could hit a 60-yarder in a video. And celebrated like he made a 97-yarder. No, I don't. I, you can't. They, they're interchangeable. you got to put them together. You, the, what is it, four, five months yeah, of football? September to January. Yeah. Five, yeah, five months of football. You take, I mean, you make it all year long. It just takes the allure out of it. You know? hey, I, may, maybe you like watching Cincinnati Reds. I mean, do I hit up May. a little Canadian football league in the offseason? <laughs> sure, Ben, I do. Okay, hey, Johnny Football is out of the league. I know. <laughs> so you're done. I know. You're done. So hey, a little rapid fire. Certainly some good discussion here tonight. Let's good. go ahead and take our next time out. When we come back from the break, we're going to take a look at Conference USA. Kind of our overall perspective of the league. What's the future of the league? Where? Where is the Conference league USA? going? Yeah, where is this oh, league going? It don't matter. Tech's going to be putting in the rearview mirror. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. Walpole Tire and Service has been a proud LaTeX supporter for over 60 years. So when the Bulldogs hit the field or hardwood, make sure your vehicle is game ready. Let the staff at Walpole get you safely to and from the game with brake repair, alignments, and computer diagnostics, plus all major brands of tires, including Goodyear, Michelin, and BF Goodrich. Walpole Tire and Service, a name you can trust. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Got a lot of stuff? Ideal Portable Buildings has what you need. A new custom-built portable building built with quality materials at low prices no one will beat. Ideal also carries dirts and portable buildings in all sizes from a garden shed to a lofted barn cabin. And keep all your stuff covered with a new Eagle Carport from Ideal. Rent to own with no credit check and 12 months same as cash with approved credit. Find Ideal Portable Buildings on Facebook or call 699-9426. Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat, and you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoke-cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. 
to find out stuff about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Car Top Line, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Big Carlisle Beck Haynes. John Tabor's running the board. Beck, yeah. solid show tonight. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm sad college football is over. Beck. A couple of reasons. You've said that four times I today. know. I'm just really bummed. Oh. It's got me down this year. Oh, why, why are you sad? I just – I think college football means fall. It means holidays. It means hunting season. And now that it's over, you it kill means – killing any deer this year? Just one little deer, Ben. Hmm. 47 hunts, one kill. Uh, pretty rough year. Well, that's what happens when you get selective at the beginning of the year. And then you decide to shoot anything. And you don't see anything until, you know, I tell my wife, I said, this is my last hunt. Babe, last one. I'm just one more shot. Mrs. Know? Co-host BTB. Mrs. Co-host. Beck, I'm gonna be honest with you. The beard's looking good tonight. Yeah. Might need a little trim. Though. Yeah, it's coming. Getting it's the old little... haircuts on Thursday. I'm and... gonna pay for a beard trim. Nope, I do that myself. But uh, you know, in the winter, I do like to grow out the old beard. BC. Hmm. Yeah. Man, you're hitting your prom. I know. Hitting your prom. All right. Notice so... you still don't have a beard, Ben. Yeah. Still yeah. waiting on that to come in. Yeah. Facial hair might come in at age 46. So. About 18 years to go. But here we go. Conference USA. What What is it that you like to say that I think about Conference you USA? You think it's the worst conference, and I only say that because you went on a 30-minute rant about how it was the worst conference in college football. Beck, here's my issue. Or Listen, I'm not even going to say I have an issue. And I'm not over here saying it's good no, because it's not. Listen, here, here's the thing. Conference USA. And I got Bottom a three, for listen, sure. Judy McLeod was hired as the commissioner back in October of 2015. And listen. Not going to sit here and lie to you. 2013 and 2014, the conference was raided. Tulsa leaves for the AAC, Memphis, Houston, East Carolina, Central Florida, they all leave for the AAC. And so you're left with half of a conference, pretty much. Right. And you're trying to figure out who who can you fill in these spots. Now, listen, we're talking Memphis. Yeah. I wish Memphis was in it. Houston. Eh, on East Carolina, but Central Florida, big time. Tulsa is a, is a good regional program, a tech, a team that Tech has a home and home with, you know, coming up here in, in a few years. So, h- how do you replace those programs while also keeping a competitive conference, not within, but I'm talking on a on a major landscape. Let me ask you this, okay? How I mean, obviously, teams that are dominating their conference typically have the chance to move up yeah. in a conference. But a lot of it depends on your budget as well. Right. Okay. That's good to know. How how often are you at the bottom of a conference so much that you get, like, relegated? <laughs> what do you say? New Mexico State and Idaho? From the Sun Belt? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So you're not, like... I mean, has you, Vandy you, been kicked saying, out don't, of don't, SEC? No, well, that's what I'm good saying. good at baseball, but... Yeah, yeah but I mean, so you, that's what you're saying. It, it's not a... There's not a tier always, of conference that it's like a, a continual up and down. It's just it's not like the Champions League in soccer. I'm sure Taves likes that reference. <laughs> so, so the league in response to losing these teams, they add Tech in 2013. They add Old Dominion, who is they are supported fairly well from a fan base up in Norfolk, Charlotte. Add Florida Atlantic, who's been good recently in football. Uh, good baseball program. Florida International still trying to figure out what they're going to add. UTSA. Basically, when you look at the schools that the conference added, they looked for big cities. 
Okay. In hopes of getting a big return from fan bases financially. And to me, it hasn't necessarily worked out. Okay. So you look at the TV deal. Okay. Your TV deal goes from $1.1 million per school per year all the way down to 200000 Now, it's back up to that four or $500,000 range per year. But at the same time, okay, you're, you are the average fan. Okay. Mm. What, are, what are the networks tech plays on? CBS Sports Network, Stadium, ESPN yeah, Plus. Right. Uh, so you got to, like, the common fan, and I'm not, like, you're no. more engaged oh, yeah. than the normal fan. But, I mean, how many times are you sitting up at home and, like, man, I'm about to scroll ESPN Plus tonight? Zero times unless text playing. Exactly. So it, it's, it's difficult to find where your team is playing. But at the same time, you have to figure out a way to promote your conference in that it's viewed better on a national lens. I mean, look at Mountain West. They're living off of Boise State. They just signed a six-year deal, TV deal for $270 million. I mean, they're living off the coattails of Boise State, what, 15 years ago when they really made their run? So when it, when Tech plays Grambling, obviously that's not a conference game, but Tech is part of the conference. I forgot is, the NFL Network. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you know what I'm saying though. Like, is that is that does that still apply? Like, is that still exposure for the conference? I mean, it is, but I mean, I mean, how many people are watching Tech and Grambling on? Well, Saturday it was on afternoon? NFL Network, and we played in 140 degree weather, so I hope a few people. Been. But some of the ratings that came out from NFL Network were like 25,000 viewers. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, they, they could show a rerun of NFL films and get that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. so like, how how does the conference move itself forward? I think that's the big question going forward. I mean, I don't you, know if you can, Ben. I, I think there's still. I I have to agree. I mean, you look at an FBS football. It's 10th out of 11 Nobody in Wisconsin is going to care about Tech or U- and UTSA playing each other. It's just not going to happen. Well, you no. got to – I mean, if you strike gold with a team making a run at a Cotton Bowl, like, one time, I don't think it really changes things. I, I mean, you look at Western Michigan. You're going to have to do it for it years and years and years, and you're going to have to it, it's a, have some it, player con- – get some fights in the game or something, Ben. It, it's difficult to think about because you look at it from a basketball perspective. You know, it's the 13th-ranked league, which there's about 25, 26 basketball leagues. But, I mean, UAB's got a good program. Yeah, but you make a deep – you make a few, win a few games in the tournament and all of a sudden people are paying attention. What's that? The Golden them. Retrievers, that E uh, – You're talking about the, the – the, I'm not proving my point Florida here. Florida Gulf Coast. No, I'm not. There was a team uh, – I forget what. Oh, you're talking about the team that beat Virginia a yeah. few years ago, and it was like the the Golden Retrievers, and they went like they won like three or four games in the tournament, and then the next year I was like, oh, that's the team that won three or four games in the no, tournament. I, I, and I started I watching them. Like, well, I think March Madness does carry a big weight, but I mean, you look at Conference USA and basketball; they've won games in the tournament for yeah, yeah. three, four, five years in a row, but it just hasn't really translated to the national landscape. So I think that's the big challenge for Judy McLeod as the commissioner is like, you have to get your conference a better TV deal so that you get better exposure. But my hope for this is for Tech. Whenever conference realignment comes around again, whether the AAC gets rated or not by the Power Five, Tech absolutely has to be in a position to go to the AAC. So when does that reconferencing happen? Right now the predictions are 23, 24, 25, somewhere in those three years. A lot of contracts come up. So – Tech has to put itself in a be- in the best position possible to potentially. So we need to get Saban or somebody in here. Oh, yeah, hire Saban. 
12 million a year. 12 million a year, baby. Send every conference dime to Saban <laughs> while he coaches at Charlotte. Oh, it'd be epic. Let's get a little rundown of conference. Just say, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I think the conference is stuck in neutral. It, the conference has to figure out a way to market itself on a national landscape so that they can get more money within the league and allow itself to kind of continue to progress and earn more respect around the country. So let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back from the break. Catch up with Boston Scott, Philadelphia Eagles running back. You're listening to Bleed Take Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. Have you looked at the calendar? The seasons are changing, and fun season is almost here. You mean fall season? Nope, fun season. Because any season is more fun with a new Easy Go golf cart from Fairway Carts in Mendon. With an Easy Go that perfectly fits your lifestyle, you'll have fun at the football games, fun with the family on a camping trip or riding around the neighborhood, even have fun in the woods during hunting, I mean hunting season. And Fairway Carts always has a great selection of Easy Go gas or electric carts with the performance you need and the value to please any budget. Experience the comfort of an EasyGo personal cart, the convenience of a multi-passenger cart, or the rugged durability of an EasyGo utility cart. Yes, fun season is coming, and it's going to be your new favorite season of the year. It all starts with a new EasyGo from Fairway Carts in Minden on Highway 531, just north of I-20. Give them a call at 318-371-CART. At First National Bank, we have a strong team of bankers who are dedicated to meeting the needs and dreams of our customers. With competitive rates, tailored loans, and exceptional customer service, your experience with us is sure to be like no other. We invite you to come tailgate before every Louisiana Tech home game. First National Bank, we are the Uncommon Bank. Visit us online at fn.bank, member FDIC. Every team knows that the two-point play can be a winning move. That's why my team and I at Kim Duke State Farm are here to help you go for two by combining your home and auto insurance. It's a great call that saves you time and money. So go for the win and score savings by combining your home and auto. It's just another way we're here to help life go right. Call me, your West Monroe State Farm agent, Kim Duke, at 397-3600. That's 397-3600. The Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show is brought to you in part by O'Neill Gas. O'Neill Gas offers propane delivery to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. For more information, go to O'NeillGas.com. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe, 97.7. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Carts hotline, 888-993-7762. Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Ben Carlisle, Beck Haynes, John Tabor doing a fantastic job running the board. Now joining us on the Fairway Carts hotline, Philadelphia Eagles running back, former Bulldog Boston Scott. Boston, thanks for taking some time out joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Yes, sir, absolutely. Boston, Boston, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but right after you talked to us, you, you kind of went on a little streak, my friend. That's <laughs> yeah, no coincidence. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I hear you. I hear you, dog. So, Bo- you. so Boston, let, let's go back and look. You know, we talked to you two months ago. Uh, obviously, you guys were gearing up to kind of make that playoff run, and you guys end up do making the playoff run. You get your way into the playoffs. Uh, you've been in the league only two years, but you've had an opportunity uh, to play two two playoff appearances, I believe three games in all. Uh, just what's that been like as it's such a young player having the opportunity to play in the NFL playoffs so early, especially when you look at a teammate like yours and Josh McCown being 40 years old, just now getting his first appearance this season. Yeah, man, I, I just say it's, it's the leadership on the team, man, because as a younger player, you know, you get to the playoffs and you think, you know, a lot of times, you know, this is a big stage, you know, everything's amplified, all the mistakes are amplified. You know, and, you know, you want to be a superstar. You want your name, you know, to be out there. But really, the leadership on this team really did a great job all throughout the week, just keeping us focused, man, and just telling us to resort to, you know, what we've been doing all throughout the season. You know, it's don't make the game bigger than what it is. You know, just approach it just as we have throughout every game this season, the mindset that we've had as a team. And that's that's really all there is to it, you know, because the last thing you want is to go into – a game like that with emotions high, you know, because that, that can take you out of your game. So the leadership just did a great job of just keeping keeping a lot of the young guys focused, and that was kind of my mindset all through all through playoffs, you know, just do my job. And when you look back at those last five games of the year and you mentioned that leadership that surrounded you, uh, obviously I know Darren Sproles was hurt, Jordan Howard was hurt as well, but you and Miles Sanders really had the opportunity to kind of play the lead back role in y'all's offense. Did y'all ever – just look at each other and be like, let's go. Like, you know, we're young players. Like, it's our time to shine. Yeah. You know, being able to see Miles' progress, and I made, I made progress as well, but just being able to see Miles as a rookie and the progress that he's made since his first game, you know, we we kind of we kind of bonded in that, in that aspect, you know, because at the beginning of the year, you know, he was learning, you know, he was adjusting to the speed of the game and everything like that, but – after every single game, you know, I made it a point to, like, tell him, man, bro, you're special, you know, and it's only up from here, you know what I'm saying? And so once we got to this point in the season where he's, he's been able to uh, get those reps in the game and develop and, you know, he, he's, he's able to produce, you know, now that, now that we're there, we're just like, hey, let's, let's do this. And dudes did a great job of making sure that we were prepared, making sure that we were ready to go. And, you know, whenever our number was called, we just went out there and did what we were supposed to do. Boston, you kind of had a you had a, a great end of the season, and you, you kind of came onto the scene in a really big way. So I can't imagine we were all watching back here in Ruston, just swelling with pride. Actually, Ben wasn't watching because Dish canceled the the the, <laughs> the, the, the channel. But uh, just to, to have that game, uh, you you had a game before this, the three touchdown game, where you kind of broke out a little bit, and then to have that three touchdown performance to to get the Eagles into the playoffs. Uh, I, I literally can't imagine what you were feeling. Um, what, you were named NFC Offensive yeah, Player of the Week. I mean, that's incredible, Boston. <laughs> so just take us through like what that process was like. From, and what that week was yeah, following that's up. What I, that's what I really wanted. I want to know what it was like the week following up. Where I'm not going to say you, you became famous, but you but you but everybody mm-hmm. in Philadelphia knew who you were at that point. Yeah, it was really – it was really – it was wild, you know. Um, really – now is the time that I've really taken time to reflect uh, because obviously I knew that we weren't done after that game. But 
it was it was kind of crazy. It was kind of overwhelming, you know, because of my first. I had a signing uh, like after the first Giants game, and I had about fifty people there, fifty to a hundred people there. Then the second time after that second Giants game, there was a two hour long line. Yeah, we, we <laughs> saw that on Twitter. We were texting, we're like, "Man, poor Boston. He's got to be so overwhelmed." Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like I, I kid you not. Like whenever I, whenever I first walked out, because they they brought me in through the back of the mall. You know, I heard uh, the Eagles chant, and I was like, okay, it's a mall, so it's just echoing off of the walls. There's not that many people. I walked out, and I immediately just got real small. Like, <laughs> like, oh, oh, what's up, everybody? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was different, man. It's, it's different. Um, but I mean, like I said, I, I was just focusing on the next week. You know, I didn't want to be too, too high, too low. Didn't want to set myself up for, you know, I didn't want to get. I don't know, lost lost in the sauce, so to speak. So I just wanted to keep it even keel going into playoffs and just focus on my job, man. That's that's really that's really what it comes down to. But I mean all the support uh from from Philadelphia, man, is it, it was it was incredible. Boston, that is that is makes us so happy here to I, that's exactly what I figured happened is you walked in and were just jaw hit the floor just amazed. But I gotta yeah. talk I know you probably gotten some flack for this maybe from your teammates, but you, you pulled out a spin move in the middle of nowhere, Boston. And, I I, I mean, ben, ben, by his math, says there wasn't anybody within nine yards of I, you. I and, love and, the spin move. The, the, but I got confirmation from his wife. Though there was nobody around, Ben, you actually juked Ben right off the couch. He, he was on the floor after that. So, did you, I mean, did you, yeah, get some, so, did you get some flack for that? Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, at first, like, whenever it happened in the game, uh, Deuce was the first one to make a joke. Uh, make a joke. He was joking at me and whatever. Uh, but actually, looking at the angle on you know the TV uh, copy of it or whatever, it looks it looks pretty silly. But if you watch <laughs> it on film, it really does. Yeah. But if you watch it on a film from you know the end zone, uh, I was actually making a move. I didn't expect him to bite on the first move as like as hard as he did. I was expecting him because he was flat-footed, so he I thought he was waiting on me to make that move. So whenever I was going to make that move, I was the ball was in my left arm, so I was going to spin and I was going to use my right arm to stiff arm him. So it, it, he ended up biting on the first move, so I already had it in my mind that I was going to spin and like stiff arm him. So I just ended up spinning anyway. So it, it was it was perfect. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and Boston, you you mentioned going in that mall and hearing all the Eagles fans you know, chanting your name or chanting for Philadelphia and everything you hear about, you know, when it comes to NFL fans, the the fan base you hear about as being the most passionate is the Eagles oh. fan base. Like, what's it like, especially I know you guys play a lot of those 3.30, those late afternoon kickoffs. What's it like playing in front of such a passionate fan base on a week-by-week basis? Yeah, I mean, it's it's different, man. There's nothing, there's nothing quite like it. Be honest, uh, you know, uh, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we're at at uh, the point in the season. You know, things weren't going well for us in the middle of the season, and it didn't matter. You know, they were going to pack out the stands. They were going to be there. They might boo you. <laughs> they might boo you. But they're going to be there full force. You know what I'm saying? So they just, you know, they, they, love, they love the game. They love the team. You know, uh, like, it's just, it's just different, man. It's, it's different. And so, 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 so when you look ahead, you know, obviously you've completed your first two years in the NFL. Uh, what, what are your goals 
some of your goals for the off season uh, as you get you know eight or nine months off before you know preseason training camp gets here in July and August? What, what are some things that you're really focused on this off season? Um, I, you can never you can never work on your hands enough. Uh, I definitely want to continue to work on my hands, um, but also just from a football IQ standpoint, just uh, learning more about defenses, learning more about coverages, because I mean that's you know, as, as, you know, D Sproles even talked about it, like, as you get older, you know, the mental part of it, it's all, the mental part is always important, but as you get older and things start to slow down a little bit, you know, I think mentally you have to be on point. And I feel like where I'm at right now in my career being younger, I feel like it can only benefit me uh, the more I know. So I think it's just mainly from a, uh, from a mental standpoint, I can just continue to build on my football IQ. But as far as like the physical side of it, obviously just continue to do what I've done. Uh, I've been doing a, I feel like things have been going pretty well in that area. I've been uh, training with Ryan Clark at Traction Sports and uh, Baton Rouge, and he, he did a fantastic job with me this past off season. So just looking to build on that. Just keep chopping away. That's that's all there is to it. So that's the business side of it, Boston. So what 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 are you what are you looking forward to? What we got any travel plans for the off season? I mean, I, you know, we we sit there and watch on TV, and we know you guys grind it out for a couple months in season. Yeah. But then we want to know how you're spending your time and having fun too. Yeah, and that, that's I, you know I was talking I was talking to RC about that. Just you know the importance of recovery. You know, finding a fine balance uh, between work and you know getting away from it. You know. Uh, so yeah, I, I got a, I got a couple of things that I'm gonna be doing where I'm gonna be off the grid for a little bit, but uh, yeah, I just gotta because I, I always have in that back of my mind that's kind of a that's kind of a you know a mental battle for me because I always feel like somebody somewhere is getting better than me right. if I'm not you know doing my doing something you know, but you know recovery is just as important so I just gotta chill heal. And then I'll have some opportunities to kind of get away a little bit. So okay, so you mentioned recovery. Is there a difference? Uh, I know there's bigger, faster, stronger athletes in the NFL. Do you tell a difference with how sore or your body after an NFL game versus a a, a game in college at uh, like when you were here at Tech? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's I worse. Mean, every, everything. <laughs> yeah, man, it really, it really is. It, you know, I, as far as habits, I feel like Coach, even dating back to. Louisiana Tech, Coach Hester's kind of always uh, helped out with, you know, making sure I stay on top of taking care of my body and my diet and everything like that. But, I mean, it's still, still, after after NFL game, there's taking those hits, man, from those monsters. It's, it's just different. You need a three-day ice bath, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> All that. All that. And so now that Darren Sproles has retired from the NFL, obviously I know – he was a big mentor for you. You got the opportunity to meet him with when you were with the Saints. Obviously, you played with him uh, with the Eagles. I know y'all have developed a friendship. How often uh, do you guys have the opportunity to speak, and how often will y'all speak? You know, going forward throughout your career. Oh yeah, uh, me and me and these bros, uh, we would talk. I mean, because he'd still be around the building. He was on IR, but he was still doing like uh, treatment and stuff like that. But I mean, we we talked. Every every two weeks, you know, like during the season, it was basically every week. And uh, I mean, I, I'll probably go out to uh, San Diego and spend some time with him or something like that. So, yeah, we we we're cool, man. And I feel like he's gonna be one of those lifelong friends. So, all right. And uh, last question before we let you get out of here, 
Uh, I know you saw Joe Sloan, uh, one of your coaches here at Louisiana Tech, got promoted to offensive yeah. coordinator. Uh, saw yep. your comments to him on Twitter today. Yep, yep, man. I'm just so man, so so happy for him um, that he's getting that opportunity. I know that's been something that that's been a goal of his, and I'm, I'm just glad he's getting an opportunity uh, to bring. You know, and just seeing some of the things on special teams that he do uh, with punt return, with his creativity, and the things that he'll dial up for, you know, to put the team in a better situation, man. I just know, I know he's gonna have a he's gonna have a great time with it, and I, I'm excited to see how it, how it, uh, you know, how the offense looks with with him at the, you know, with him behind the scenes like that. Well, Boston, we certainly appreciate you coming on. It was good to hear from you again. We are, uh, as always, rooting for you here in Ruston. Um, just really proud of you and excited to see the success you've had so far and uh, and, the, and the way you finished the end of the year. I, I know me and Ben's Boston Scott jerseys will be here in the next few weeks, so we'll, we're always oh, uh, always be cheering you on, and uh, we, we hope you get some good rest and recovery in the offseason as you get ready for next year. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Boston. Appreciate it, man. All right, now. Boston Scott, Philadelphia Eagles running back, joining us on the Fairway Carts Hotline. Beck. Missed that guy, Ben. Hey. Pulled that spin move off, that's for sure. Just had you on the couch, and the next second you're you're just flat on your face on the floor. That was one of my favorite plays in the NFL (laughs) all year. Like you said, like I have no doubt that a player was close to him, but when you watch it on TV, it's like, whoop, whoop, (laughs) right in the middle of the field. Oh, I love love it. it. So certainly appreciate Boston joining us a a couple of times this year. I know uh, he's poised to do some big things, entering his third year in the NFL. So let's go ahead, take our next time out. We come back from the break. Put a bow on it. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. At First National Bank, we are committed to the individuals and communities we serve. We offer personal banking, mortgage lending, commercial lending, and cash management. Let us honor our pledge to be uncommon in all that we do by visiting one of our convenient locations in Arcadia, Ruston, Farmerville, Monroe, and West Monroe and experience our professional, enthusiastic service. First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank. Member FDIC. all the time. Excuse me? No, it doesn't. You always alert me. My point exactly. Cars that have forward-facing cameras need to be recalibrated when you replace the windshield. How would I know that? Most people don't. Next time, take it to Acme Glass and Mirror. They were the first one in the region that could replace your windshield and recalibrate your forward-facing camera. And unlike taking it to a dealership and paying out of pocket, Acme will bill your insurance. It's that easy. Thanks. I'm going to Acme Glass and Mirror. Uncommon, how would you describe it? Would it be above the ordinary? Outstanding? Exceptional? First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, is above the ordinary. An outstanding bank dedicated to exceptional customer service, trust, and courtesy. First National Bank, we promise to be uncommon in all the things we do. Member FDIC. Bulldog fans, this is Chris Brister from Brister's Smokehouse, and I'd like to invite you to our new location, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston, across the street from our old location. Stop in and try our famous scatter load on your choice of four different types of bread. Our barbecue nachos are piled high with your favorite type of meat, and you have to taste for yourself our tender and juicy smoked cooked chicken, my personal favorite. So whether you're in town or at a tech game or just in the mood for the best barbecue in town, come see us at Brister's Smokehouse, 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. 
time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank. Call or text the show on the Fairway Cart Hotline, 888-993-7762. It's Bleed Tech Blue Radio. It's BC. It's Beck Haynes. It's John Tabor running the board. Certainly appreciate you joining us tonight. Certainly. If you're just now tuning in on Sports Talk 97.7 in our final segment of the night, certainly had some interesting discussions. Interesting, certainly. Yeah, have discussed quite a few things throughout the night. Obviously, Duncan Dogs 12-4 and overall, 3-1 and in Conference USA play. Getting set for a two-game homestand this week when Rice and North Texas come to town. Conference Thurs- rivals, been. Really? Yeah. Rice Owls. Yeah. Coming to town Thursday night, North Texas, Saturday afternoon. That's a 4 p.m. tip. Lady Texters will be in action at Rice and at North Texas. Will be a tough road trip for Brookstore and her squad as they currently sit at 9-5 and five overall, 1-2 and two in Conference USA play. In case you missed it, Joe Sloan, assistant head coach of the Bulldogs, officially has been promoted to offensive coordinator. Tech defensive line coach Rick Petrie announced his retirement from the Bulldog football program after 43 years in the collegiate game. Beck, if I make it 43 years in the workforce, it will certainly be a miracle. I must say so myself. Of course, earlier in the show, had some pretty good discussion on some rapid-fire questions. I really hit Beck right in the heart. Really brought the best out in old bye week, Beck. Yeah. Also talked about our... Thoughts on Conference USA as a whole. Where is the conference going? I believe, you know, like, like we said, really stuck in neutral. And then in our last segment, we caught up with Philadelphia Eagles running back, good friend of the program. Good for, friend of the program. Former Bulldog running back, Boston Scott. You can you can catch the entirety of the show on our podcast, the Bleed Tech Blue Radio podcast. We will have it up immediately following the show. Speaking of BleedTechBlue.com, you can join us at the website right now. For only one dollar, one dollar. Beck, what's something that you know that cost a dollar? This coffee I got tonight, BC. All righty, there you go. Give up the coffee I think for I a said night. That last week. Right. Two for two. Two for two on the consistency of uh, the price of the old coffee. Join us for just one dollar. Use the promo code BTB6. Get you six months of premium access. We'd certainly Cer- love to have. Certainly you. would. Certainly love to have you. Of course. What what do we have going on at BleedTechBlue.com right now? Recapping the 2019 season, taking a look at every position group on the team, kind of giving a brief outlook as well as what it will look like in 2020. Also been dialing into some sources on the new assistant coach openings that the Bulldogs currently have. Skip Holtz has three openings on his staff that he will be looking to fill here in the next couple of weeks. Duncan Dogs making a chase for the Conference USA Championship. And then Beck, believe it or not, National Signing Day coming up February the 5th. It's the first Wednesday in February. Bulldogs signed 20 in the early signing period. Number 61 ranked class, according to Rivals.com. Number one class in Conference USA. Number four class amongst all G5 programs. So be sure to join us at BleedTechBlue.com. Like I said, pretty content-heavy over at the site these days. Make sure you join us for just $1. Promo code BTB6. Beck, got a question for you. Hit me. Last question of the night. All right. We've started 2020 last week. Obviously, Amik Robertson joined the show. If you don't know him, 
You've been living under a rock, mm. former Bulldog cornerback. Mm-hmm. Tonight, Boston Scott joined us, former Bulldog running back, now current Philadelphia Eagle. Next week, you got you got one choice for an Ooh. interview. Who you want me to shoot for? Mm, I wasn't ready for this. I know. Not, not Trent Taylor. We could go for Trent Taylor. He's obviously been on our. Maybe when he's doing some treatment, he'll call in. Hey, might be getting some stem and ice. Go for the old Trent. Uh, you may shoot for Trent Taylor next. Shoot for the stars, man. Get you some Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor, Phil or Philadelphia, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. If they win, the, if they win if the, they win Bowl, the NFC, he, no, no. If they win the Super Bowl, is he getting a ring? Yeah, he gets a ring. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, we'll we'll try to get Trent Taylor on next week. Certainly, here if we, he says no. Get George Kittle, good friend, good friend of old Trent Taylor, former Iowa tight end George Kittle. Yeah, I'd like to talk to him. Really? Yeah, I got some questions. All right. All right. Hey, how about how about a duo interview? George Kittle and Trent Taylor. Yeah. Kind of let them compare themselves to each other. (laughs) Might have to contact old Kittle's agent to get that one. I ain't going to lie to you. So it's certainly been a good show tonight. Certainly appreciate you joining us tonight on Bleed Tick Blue Radio. Of course, my co-host Beck Haynes doing a great job. John Tabor, phenomenal job running the board. Like I said, we've got four more shows left in Season 12. We'll take you right up to National Signing Day. We'll have our Signing Day special on Wednesday night, February the 5th. So for Beck Haynes, for John Tabor, I'm Ben Carl. We'll be back same time, same place next week. We'll see you. for the first National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host, Ben Carlisle. Also brought to you by O'Neill Gas, Brister's Smokehouse, Acme Glass, Dairy Queen, Walpole Tire, and Ideal Portable Buildings. Thanks for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio on Sports Talk 97.7. What the Houston Astros just got for that championship. Yeah, I don't know about that. I you, think you got to see. I, it. He, he said, "Would you would nah, would you cheat I don't want and do this I don't to win that I don't, championship?" I don't want it like that because or, I no, don't. He may, I think he may have talked about owners. Maybe uh, the uh, owners, owners. Maybe the okay. owners because the owner but, did nothing happened to the right. owner. No, I, I get that. GM obviously you lost, but your you job. know what I mean. But as an owner, as a GM, that's a bad look for you. I mean, you, everybody could act like what it doesn't matter. What about as an owner? Well, I mean, he's the he's owner a, got nothing, and the owner was quoted as saying it didn't taint anything. I don't know about that. He's trying he's, to say that. Of he's course. saying it. Andrew and Richmond, you're that was a, just Andrew. No, that wasn't Andrew. Rob was and Chris, how oh, you go guys ahead. doing tonight? Good. How great, are you? Man. How are you? Doing well. I guess y'all kind of a, y'all kind of got to my question. My question really was, I guess, and then I got kind of a, a second point. Okay. That if you knew you were going to get that penalty, would you take it for the chance to win? I want. I don't want to Think win about like the that. Players. I don't want to win like that. Like the Bill Belichick and the Patriots and all that. That the reason the Patriots don't get the love that they should, considering all the winning that they've done, is that people have question marks about how much of it was legit and how much shenanigans. Do you agree or disagree with that? 
Andrew? I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you where my problem with that comes in in the Twitter world that we live in. Nobody knows what happened last week. So right. 10 years from now. The news cycle is so short. You can't nowadays. tell, but it's you gone. can't, but you can't tell that story, the Patriot story, without including that stuff in there. And that's that's but, my well, point. The, that will Patriots always be there. Most the people Patriots still are a dynasty for just for just one World Series. I think it gets swept under I the rug. I wouldn't in do it. Years from now, don't you want yours to be yeah, legit? I, well, I, I wouldn't do it because I, I, you know, I feel like I got more integrity than that. But I'm thinking of the players. A lot of players. What's to stop them? None of them got anything. What's to stop them from doing it again? They still get their World Series. They still get their great stats. If whatever contracts may have come out of that, winning the championship, they still get, you know? Let's go to Tony in Los Angeles. Tony, you're on with Chris and Rob. You know, A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora got Joe Girardi fired because the Yankees were up like it was three games to none or three games to one, and then they got swept out. And And – George Girardi was saying, I think they're stealing our signs, and then he got fired because he was one game away from the World Series. Yes. And, and then another thing, this, there's a theft element in here. When you win the World Series, you get a $300,000 bonus from the league, and the loser gets two hundred grand. So that other hundred grand that they got over the Dodgers, that's stolen money. That's larceny right there. They have to give that back, hey, or they t- have to give it to the Dodgers. Tony, each, what, each Tony, Tony one more thing. How about how about uh, uh, keep Tony on? I how, ask how about how about Clayton Kershaw's legacy? What what right, if what if you look point. at Clayton Kershaw and say they knew what was coming and they, and I got tattooed? I'm serious. Like like he, his legacy might have been damaged because of this. No question. Tony, no question. what do you think? You guys know who Rick Monday is, right? Sure. Yeah. The yeah. Rick Monday. He's the he's the radio guy on the Dodgers. While it was going on in Houston, he said, "I think they're stealing our signs." While it was happening on the on the radio, so he said it on the, the air. Wow. Me, on the air, let on me the ask air. you this, Tony. You appear you appear to be a Dodgers fan, right? So if and and I think they should have just vacated the titles from the well the Red Sox if it you know right. that comes to pass and the Astros. What if they gave? I don't think they should have given them to the Dodgers. But Tony, as a Dodger fan, would you feel good or be satisfied if they gave those titles? To the Dodgers. That's a good question. I don't want to hear I, your answer. Go ahead. No, they're, they're sh- they should just take it away and say that they, it, there, was no there was right. no winner. There was no winner. Because the Dodger fans wouldn't, wouldn't right. feel good about if they said, okay, Dodgers, you won those two World Series. Right. Nobody's going to play as a, either, as, I and a fan, feel good. right? Right. Let's slide As a player, more. I wouldn't want You wouldn't I mean, want that. It, yeah, it, it was phony. JC in Richmond, Virginia, on with Chris and Rob. Hey, guys. I appreciate you guys taking my call. Um, I wanted to just ask, Rob, you're a Hall of Fame voter. Yes. Um, does this uh, kind of take um, away, I guess, your ability to kind of look at someone like Verlander and other people who are involved in something like this uh, moving forward as a Hall of Fame voter? Once you again, know appreciate what? You guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks JC. And that's a great question, too. And I'm the one thing I am is they have to be some, somewhat punished by the league in order for me. I don't think that's my job. Like, even with the steroid guys. Like the, Barry Bonds, for whatever Chris is out there, was, was never, never suspended. Proven, right, right. Was never suspended, never tested positive. But what about the guys that did get caught? I don't. Th- those are the guys I don't vote for. Okay. okay. So that you see, so what I'm saying these guys, these guys 